With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into the BSN Buffs podcast. I am Jake Shapiro alongside Ryan Koningsberg and Tyler Ziskin. We finally got three microphones. How nice it is to have Tyler Murray in your corner. Yes, Tyler Murray plus Tyler Ziskin. Just keep Tyler's around you and you're usually chill. Also, big shout out to James Lucas, CU Goose, for providing us with uh, some equipment here. Uh, Like This is why the Buffs community is so dope. We just get hooked up with gear and it just makes our podcast way cooler, so... And, why we, and we help you guys out by bringing me onto the show, so I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, and, like, think about this. Like, if it wasn't for Buff's Twitter, we wouldn't be sitting here in Blake Street Tavern right now. Basically, Buff's Twitter is the reason for everything. Yeah, Buff's Twitter is the best. I wouldn't Matt, have had this. Matt Cisneros knows about that, too. I was After, think- after the piece that he wrote last week and all the stuff we were saying about him. Yeah, I, he got I had to make it. I had to make it real sure. That he knew that he was a buff forever, whether or not he left. Yeah, he, no, he knew. But <laughs> he got a lot of love for that. I was a little bit was jealous. Awesome. So we ended last week's podcast by nonstop talking about Matt Cisneros for about 15 minutes. And we're starting this week's podcast by giving Matt Cisneros even more love. Uh, when will it stop, Ryan? When I see him. Like, I haven't seen him in a couple weeks, so I really miss him. Right. He deserves it all. I've got no problems with it. Speaking of all thi- the love. Speaking of, sorry, I'm just bad. At, I'm trying to transition. I'm just doing the whole Dan O'Toole thing. Speaking of transition, no. Speaking of things you've missed, that was the speaking of things. Um, spring football. You haven't been there in a uh, minute. You were out covering the basketball team. That was your tweet from earlier today. Uh, really, I think it's been like two weeks. And, and well, it's really been three yeah. because we missed the week when we went to Vegas. We missed the week when we went to Des Moines. And then they were on spring break, so I feel like I've kind of been away from it for a while. But it was good to be back out there today. Um, as I asked Mike McIntyre, the day after spring break has always got to be a nervous day for the coach because none of the players were, uh, let's say, keeping their workout regiments as tight as you would like if you're a coach. So I'm sure it's always a nerve-wracking day for him just to be like, oh, God, how out of shape are we going to be? And it was funny because I got a text this morning that they were ending early. And I was like, yeah, I bet they are. But then they actually ended up going the whole time. So uh, Mac sounded like he was encouraged with the way they're going. And um, I was able to talk to him a little bit. And then I talked to Steven Montez after practice. So it was good to be back out there. Um, and we should have something coming up from that this week. It seems like they've been really off and on. Uh, doesn't it feel like that? Uh, maybe it's just me and maybe it's just been our schedules with the football team. But it seems like they, you know, because they've changed the schedule once. They had the long break now. It, it just seems like, and, and that's something that didn't affect them last year because they had the whole spring season before spring break, right? Right, yeah. They uh, <clears throat> they mess with the schedule. The schedule this year is so, so, so much better in my opinion. Um, I think, you know, last year for me and this is a selfish way of looking at it but I literally started at BSN right when spring practice was over 
And so it was like I was coming in at the just absolute depth of the off season, um, and that's hard to do. So from my perspective this year, I look at it from the sense of the, it shortens the, the actual off season so much to have it this way. And I can only imagine that's a good thing for the team also. Um, so you're not, you don't have such a big gap away from the coaches. Cause that's like, that's an odd thing about uh, college athletics is all of a sudden spring practice is over and the coach isn't allowed to see the players except for a few exceptions all the way until fall camp. So it's like, you, you would think as a coach you want that gap to be as small as you can because it's just more time where you're not able to kind of mold their mind. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's, there's a lot of trust, obviously, with the coaching staff and the players. You kind of talked about the first day being back from spring break is always tough, but in honesty, it's not that big of a deal when you compare it to the fact that they have to leave these kids on their own for four months heading into fall camp. I mean, it almost – not to say that it doesn't matter if they're in shape when they come back from spring break, but, like, you know – even if they are, they, there's four months post-spring football where things can go wrong for you. So the week break in between is not even almost a big deal. For me, having been able to cover spring practices last year because they were open, it's, it does seem so much different this year because I've been so out of touch with everything that's going on. You talk about all oh, people get to go to the spring game and see all that stuff. But having been able to go to a bunch of spring practices last year, they, don't, they told you so much more about the quality of the team than the spring game did. I mean, you just learned so much more about um, the schemes and, you know, what guys are really making moves up the depth chart and how they plan to use guys in certain situations and that type of stuff. You, you, you learn a lot more about what the team is trying to do schematically in those practices than you do from the spring game. So I'm missing that this year. Yeah, and it's tough from my perspective because – so I want to do that, that article on Steven Montez this week, and it's like – Okay, well, I can go off of what Steven told me, what Mac told me, um, and, and, you know, other sources you have within the program, but there's no source as good as your own eyes. And so I can be, you know, relaying information that I don't even know, like, you know, obviously, you know, Coach Mac is never going to say Steven Montez looked terrible or Steven Montez, in my mind, is going to be the starter. It's it's this toe the line in between, and, and we talked about it a little bit before the show, Coach Mack doesn't ever really say anything with too much substance to it, so you have to kind of weed through it and kind of look at, you know, uh, context clues and and talking to Steven and kind of see what when he answers questions, is he confident in what he's saying? Is he just saying it because he knows it's the right thing? And it just makes it tough not knowing, and that's why, you know, it's so beneficial to have those open practices because, I mean, you can really go out there and in three days – at least have uh, some sort of grasp of what you're looking at in a player. I mean, I know all of us were at most of the fall camp, and we may, we, we could see a lot of things going on. Like, we knew Cepho was, had taken a step forward and, and you know, was going to definitely be the starter. There's certain things like that where you can see that when really, when there's no open practice, we're completely blind and at the peril of what the coaches are saying. Yeah, I think uh, this has been my first year, and the most I've learned about CU football was the, you know, fall camp. And you're totally right. In three days, I went from knowing the team like everyone else knew them to knowing them kind of like I, like I was on the team in a way. And, you know, if you have a chance to go out to a fall camp uh, and go out to practice, I highly recommend it if you're a big Buffs fan or even a basketball practice, any of these things. You learn so much about the team. Uh, it's not boring either. Uh, it can get old after going to a lot of them in a row, but uh, going to one-off here or there, it's definitely interesting, and if you're a big CU fan, you're going to love it, so I'd highly recommend that. But some interesting things came out, I think, of what McIntyre said today. Um, 
which is not something we say very often, I would say, as you alluded to. Uh, he mentioned that some guys are kind of playing around with some positions, and this is the time of year to do it. He mentioned a little bit of the Montez thing, which you brought up, and uh, he seems to be uh, kind of alluding to Donovan Lee, if not just straight up saying it. He's making the transition to running back full-time now. Yeah, uh, I think he made that pretty clear. He didn't even hesitate in saying he's a running back now. Um, and I'm interested to hear Tyler's take on this uh, because I saw that he disagreed with it on Twitter. So I'm actually just going to let Tyler <laughs> voice that first, and then I'll, I'll give my thoughts on it. Yeah, and I guess I didn't really do a good job of fully clarifying my thoughts. It's, it's not that he, I didn't think he was a good running back. He was explosive last year, and I really liked him in that role. I, I just really like having him um, in, in, in that more dynamic role where they can put him all over the field and cause mismatches for guys, depending on where people are, st are set up in the formation, you know. I just don't want to box him into one specific role when I feel like he can help us in a lot of different ways. And also, I mean, the running backs, we feel pretty good about where that the depth chart is there. And at wide receiver, I know we're a lot more concerned. So it was just kind of an interesting move. I mean, like again, he was really good in that role, probably our best running back down the stretch, I thought. Um, but I Didn't I get enough carries. Was, yeah, I agree. And But I, I still feel like they should be able to put him out in space a little bit more and find ways to get him the ball because he's a dynamic playmaker. And I, I want to see him out in the slot at times too. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I, I, I somehow just doubt they're going to completely keep him out of playing any receiver roles. I think you're going to have some – some options to line him up in the backfield and option him out into the slot and do that. I mean, I, I think when McIntyre says that, he's just saying he's going to practice exclusively with the running backs. And I think that can be a positive thing because when you're splitting time, it almost seems like it, it's like, you know, uh, you're always – I was always taught growing up, like, never half-ass two things, go all in on one thing. And that's kind of how I feel when you're putting a guy – you know, half the time he's with the running backs, half the time he's with the wide receivers. It's hard to focus, so – the word that the operative word from McIntyre w was comfortable. He said he looked more comfortable there, and I think we can agree with that mm -hmm. in the sense that it just looked like he was doing things that were natural to him. Um, when he's handed the ball, he's just you know he sees the field and he makes his cuts and he goes up. Um, it didn't always look that natural for him at wide receiver, so I think it's a smart move to let him focus in on that, um, go all in on that rather than half-assing two things, and then you always have that training that he had for you know over a year at wide receiver that you can put into use. I think you'll definitely see him um, them using those mismatches, you know, option him out, see if a linebacker goes out on him, then you know you have that matchup and you can send him downfield, whatever it is. So I get where you're coming from in a sense, but I think for McIntyre it's comfortable is the most important word there. That's where he looked like he was just playing football, and, and really that's what you want guys to be doing out there. For me it always seemed like Lee was carrying the ball a little bit too high, and that was my biggest concern with Donovan Lee playing running back is it looked like he was about to fumble the ball every time he carried it just because the ball was up too high. High and tight. I, I, it was too high, though. It wasn't tucked. <laughs> what an it wasn't odd tucked. take. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It, it's just it, looked, it, it, wasn't, it didn't look natural. It didn't look like in the natural position. It just looked like it was kind of out there. But I don't um, think he ever fumbled, did he? He got, what, I don't 20 so. carries, though? No, no, he had more than that. carries against yeah. freaking yeah, Nichols. I was Nichols. just thinking the Nichols game. Yeah, yeah. true. Um, but and I think Tyler brings up an interesting point. If you're going to move him to running back, there's so many running backs on this roster already with uh, 
you know, you know the names, Adkins, uh, Lindsey, uh, whatever they're going Patrick to do with Carr. Patrick Carr. And, yeah. you know, don't don't forget, right. And then you don't have the recruits D coming in. Dino Gordon. Dino Gordon, too. Yeah. So whereas at wide receiver, it seems like they are a little bit weaker this year uh, with Lee Walker, Devin Ross, Jay McIntyre. And then it starts to get a little bit uh, – Shea Fields, of course. And then it starts to get a little bit uh, slim pickings there. And it seems like, you know – you don't know you what gave, you just gave me like a dark flash of Jay McIntyre dropping a pass and someone being like Donovan Lee only got moved to to running back so Jay McIntyre would get more playing oh, time God. and now look what's happening so thanks, Bryce, Bryce Bobo fan club on Twitter is probably really mad at Jake right now too because he left him off that list. Right. So right. Did I not say you're Bryce Bobo? To, you're about to get some mentions from I've Bryce Bobo's fan club. I've never been a big Bryce Bobo club. guy, honestly. <laughs> but uh, my, my point being is we don't know what offense Cheverini's going to run yet, and I don't like that they boxed Donovan Lee totally in at running back because I think that takes some options away. I think you want to keep your options open, especially when you're coming into a new system, unless Cheverini's just completely set on, you know, I'm going to run three wide receivers and these are my three guys. Uh, I, I don't know. That's just my take. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not. Like I said, I, I, I just like having a guy focus on one thing rather than pushing him around and kind of pulling him back and forth two different ways. I just think it's hard. I mean, these guys, it's already hard enough on these kids to balance school and the playbook and everything. When you're having to learn two positions and balance all that, I think you're really asking a lot of a player, um, let him play running back. And then when when you want to, I'm, like I said, he's going to catch passes. So when you want to let him do that, um, you know, kind of let him just go out there and do it. It doesn't, it's just to me, it's tough on a player when you're putting them in two different meeting rooms. Yeah, I mean, I definitely do agree with you. I kind of bring it back to basketball for a minute. You see guys all the time that are much more comfortable on the court with the ball in their hands, and you have them play off the ball, and they don't really know what to do. You could see that at times with Donovan Lee running routes for sure. Um, so, I mean, if that's where he ends up being the most comfortable, obviously that's that's where you want to stick him. I just hope they still find ways to create mismatches with him in the offense. And obviously, Darren Chivarini at Texas Tech had a lot of um, a lot of interesting wrinkles in their offense. People talk about all the time how they're pass happy and all that, but the running backs have been very successful in that system as well, and in a lot of different roles too. So, to me, I, I think before I'm not concerned about it yet. I guess I should say until we see exactly how they have everything schemed out when we get into fall camp and are able to watch a few of these practices, then we'll kind of get a better idea of whether or not they're making the right decisions to fit the personnel of the team. The other story from spring practice today uh, that I thought was very important and very uplifting and very cool, Derek McCartney returns to practice today uh, after he missed, I, I believe, all of spring practice to this point because he had donated bone marrow uh, to someone in need. And uh, that's obviously so cool to see and good on DMAC for doing that and good on him for being out there on the practice field. I don't know if, Ryan, you, you heard anything else about it because you were there. But, you know, I, I watched the McIntyre press conference, and obviously it's good to see him back out there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, I feel like I've ex like exhausted all the adjectives when you talk about Derek McCartney, and, and you can just listen to the way I talk about Josh Scott and, and copy and paste that <laughs> on to Derek McCartney. Um, just another one of those guys who just makes you feel good about – just one of those people that you're like, ah, oh, this is why sports are awesome because it's just people like that and, you know, the way he is as a teammate, the way he is as a person – um, to do that, I, like, there's, I couldn't have been less shocked when I heard that he was doing that because it's just like, yeah, that's Derek. Like, of course he would do something like that. Uh, it's definitely good to have him back out there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a big year for him as well um, because it, people had high expectations for him going in, 
and uh, uh, into last season. And I mean, it's not like he had a bad season by any means, but I think people are expecting him to have more impact plays down the stretch. Um, and he's capable of that. So I think now that he's an upperclassman and he's you know had a, a couple extra years to develop too, gray shirting and red shirting too. So um, I think people are going to expect a lot out of him this year. So it'll be interesting to see how ready he is to take that next step because the defense was much improved last year. And if you can find an elite pass rusher to tack on to that, to those improvements, you could really start to feel pretty good about what this team could do defensively. So it'll be interesting to watch him. Um, the other thing I want to mention is something we brought up a little bit earlier, but I want to come back to this, is the big story is Ryan's guy, who's been Ryan's guy for a few years now, Steven Montez, finally getting his chance in spring ball here, uh, having some competition at the quarterback position. Obviously, uh, we don't know for sure what's going on there with the transfer coming in from Texas Tech and Cepho being sidelined right now. Uh, maybe shed some light on that situation, what you're perceiving, what you think is going to happen moving forward into fall ball. Uh, obviously, like I've always been super, super high on Steven Montez as a prospect and as a quarterback, and he has all of the tools that you need to be a great quarterback in terms of his physicality. Um, from what I've heard and, and what I'm feeling, I, I'm thinking the – plan is for uh, Davis Webb to come in and be the quarterback. It's just what it feels like. Um, I think, you know, obviously they already have a pretty good read on what he can do coming from Coach Chev. Uh, and they know how, and when they you mix that together, they know where he stacks up against a guy a guy like Cepho and a guy like Montez. Um, the thing for, for Steven is he's getting invaluable reps right now. I mean, this is – it's almost a blessing in disguise when you're talking about two guys – that will have been around for as long as they have with as much experience as they have. Yeah, you'd love to have them in spring practice, but the fact that you don't doesn't kill you. Uh, it, and it really does help you a ton in terms of getting a look at Steven Montez and knowing what you have in Steven Montez. So I think, you know, he just needs to use all this experience to make the most of every rep in this spring and then take that into the fall. And right now it's got to be hard for him, and I asked him about it today, and he, he – wouldn't go as far as saying it was hard for him. It's got to be hard knowing that there's the two, the greatest competition you have for this job isn't even around for you to compete with. So you're not, it's not like you can look and say like, oh, like he's doing this better than I am right now. I need to get better at that. So for him, it's, it's a good chance to just look at himself and say, um, you know, he talked to me today about accuracy. He's just, I need to get better in my, I need to get more accurate in my throws. And so it's like, I said, it's so invaluable for him to be getting this much experience, this many reps, and get this good of a look at where he needs to get better. Um, and, and like I said, so when he gets to fall, he can say, all right, I had all, I, I've, you know, thrown as many balls with these receivers as anyone has in the last six months. Um, now it's time to capitalize on this. But like I said, I'm leaning towards the, the tentative plan is for Davis Webb to come in here and be the starting quarterback. Yeah, definitely. I would lean that direction, too. And, and I agree with you that right now it's tough on Montez because he doesn't have a measuring stick. You know, it's like trying to figure out how tall you are without having anything standing next to you. There's no perspective, right? So uh, you know, I have that problem often. <laughs> I know you probably do on the opposite end of the spectrum. No, I mean, it's just, but if you have nothing to compare it to, you just don't really know how it matters. And, of course, competition breeds success. I mean, you hear that mm. all the time. And that's the same for, you know, in any sport. But obviously quarterback is most important because you can really take a look at how, how guys are doing things. Um, and you learn from those guys, especially both, obviously, Cepho and Davis Webb are veterans. I mean, they've been around Division One programs for a long time now. There's a lot to be said that you can learn from them there. 
Um, and, you know, you, you, we haven't heard too much about what's going on with him. You can kind of read between the lines a little bit and see that consistency is an issue for him right now. Uh, that's not surprising. I mean, coming from a small uh, small school in El Paso, Texas, redshirting last year, obviously not getting reps with the ones and twos. There's a big difference between playing the scout team in there and playing with the ones and twos. So there's a learning curve there that I think people should be patient and understand that it's going to take him some time. But the talent is there. There's no doubt about it. And I think I agree with you again in that the it's this experience for him is incredibly valuable. And two or three years down the line, it's going to be very important. One thing I did want to add, when I talked to him today, and, I, and read into this whatever you want, he had like a big smile the entire time during the interview. Is like he's. I think he's really enjoying this. Um, I think it was a little bit hard on him last year to be kind of stuck with the scout team, knowing that like nothing. He he could have the best week ever of scout team. It wasn't going to do anything for him. I think for him to be out there and knowing that everything he does is on film and the coaches are looking at it and it's important and he has a chance to go out and make a good impression. I think he's really enjoying it. I mean. Every time, like I, I was, I was talking to him about his arm strength, and he was just like, he was just like smiling, like, yeah, that's like, you know, that is a big strength of mine. I just need to work. But it was really cool for me to see him. It just seems like he's really relishing the opportunity and really having fun, kind of playing real football. I know it's not real football yet, but playing meaningful football where that's going to matter at some point. So it, I, I, that that's encouraging to me. That's going to wrap up the first segment of the BSN Bus podcast, a uh, segment all about football. For our football listeners, I'm be- I, bet you go- you're be- I bet you're glad we got back into football, and we're going to be getting a lot back into football here now that basketball is over. So stay tuned to bsnbus.com for our football coverage. On the other side of this break, we're going to be talking about bad college football and college basketball Twitter handles. We're also going to be talking about some basketball recruiting as well as the basketball team as a whole. Uh, We're going to be talking about the summertime, and we're going to have a segment called Most Underrated. So stay tuned for the fun, the basketball, and the Twitter handles. We'll be right back. If I was working at the club, you would not pay. Ayo, my man Fife Diggy, he got something to say. I like him brown, yellow, Puerto Rican, and Haitian. Mm. Name is Fife Dog from the Zulu Nation. Told you in the jam that we could get down. Now let's knock the boots like the group H-Town. You got... Hi, this is Justin Gold from Justin's. If you've had my nut butter or my peanut butter cups, then you know that I take my products and my customers very seriously. So when I needed my roof replaced, I wanted somebody who feels the same way about their customers and their products that I do. Luckily for me, I found exactly that when I went to Chip Bezo from Chip's Roofing, and he provided me with a service that I'll never forget. Not only did they build me a beautiful high-wind roof with the best products available, but the quality, price, and service was exceptional. I was in contact with Chip the entire time, and him and his crew couldn't have been more professional. Chip's Roofing has my business for life. Chips Roofing, Colorado's high wind roofing experts for 30 years. You can find us online at chipsroofingllc.com. That's chipsroofingllc.com. Or call us now at 720-938-ROOF. That's 720-938-ROOF. Once again, 720-938-ROOF. Hi, I'm Erica Chenard, and I've been helping Colorado homeowners buy and sell for 14 years. From the biggest names in Colorado to first-time buyers, I treat each and every one like an MVP. I've sold over 170 homes in the last 12 months, and I can help you sell your current one or buy your next one. Call me, Erica Chenard, at 720-663-1003 or online at denvercohomes.com. 
Of course you want to be in better shape. And of course you want to change the way you eat, but it's easier said than done. Hi, I'm Adam Kinney, and like you, I've tried a million different things to accomplish this before I found the solution. Now, I go to Ironclad Fitness off of Evans. The days of long, boring cardio sessions are over. My kettlebell training at Ironclad is fast, innovative, and it really works. At this rate, I'll never step on a treadmill again. Let Ironclad Fitness change your life like they're changing mine. Ironclad Fitness. Hey, Josh, what happened to Colorado Keg House? I was just there yesterday, Adam. It's the same great place with 72 Colorado craft beers on tap. Really? I heard they had up to 60 breweries in there. I figured they must have moved into a huge building or something. That means they have up to 60 different breweries on tap, dude. Do you think they actually crammed 60 breweries in there? Oh, so they still have 27 TVs? Yeah. And NFL Sunday ticket? Yep. Cool. Still awesome. Colorado Keg House, Colorado's home for craft beer by the First Bank Center in Broomfield. Ryan, are you ever down by the Lincoln Light Rail Station? Nope. Well, if you are, I know the perfect place to get your pregame on before heading downtown. They have $3 Long Islands on Mondays, 75-cent wings on Wednesdays, and $3 shots on Fridays. It's the Clock Tower Grill, right next to the Lincoln Light Rail Station by the Tech Center. Perfect to get your pregame on. Yeah, unless you're in downtown, in which case you should go to the Blake Street Tavern. And we're back on the BSN Buffs podcast, which is live from the Blake Street Tavern. We have Tyler Ziskin on the podcast, one of Blake Street Tavern's own. And uh, Tyler is going to transition us into women's sports for a second by telling us how dope Jocelyn Hayes' is dub mash was. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened in my entire life. Shout out to Jocelyn Hayes. I've watched that thing probably 500 times, and I just want you to know that even though we don't know each other, I respect everything that you do. For real, though, like Tyler and I have talked about that dub smash at least on four separate occasions. It's come up where, like, oh, yeah, that was dope. And then we, yeah. we move on. But it was the smoothest move I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> so life. Honestly, uh, I can't even – you have to go watch it. It's not – I mean, it can't be that far down the Colorado volleyball page. They There's, don't like, 20 much. tweets down on the yeah. Colorado If you haven't seen – that yet. Every time women's sports come up, Tyler wants to talk like about it. Like, it makes me feel like swag is overused now because it can only be used for that <laughs> one particular dub smash. Like, you wish it had never been used yeah, until then exactly. so you could use it for that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that will get us into women's basketball, who announced a new head coach today, J.R. Payne. We come straight from that press conference, actually. And uh, really interesting personality, uh, different vibe to her than the last coach. Uh, very, I, I would say almost opposite, you know, Lappy was very stoic. Uh, Payne seems to be very outgoing and loving and just openly loving. She was trying to get her players in for pictures and uh, she was hugging Zoe Barrett-Fails and she had just met her earlier in the day. Uh, very interesting to see that atmosphere. I really liked some of the things she had to say at her press conference. Uh, different vibe for sure yeah and i think the that program needed a different vibe um i think you know you and i have talked about i have a lot of respect for coach lappy um i think she was a very smart coach uh, i think she understood what she what she was doing in a lot of senses but it just didn't end up working out and i think the recruiting trail um was somewhere where she struggled and when it comes down to it she wasn't necessarily a player's coach um and when you see and hear from coach Payne um that was the first thing that jumped out at me was players coach and when I talked 
to one of the women's basketball players earlier in the day after they had had that meeting. The, the first thing she said was, uh, I'm so excited. She seems like she's really a player's coach. So I think these players needed that change. I think there was a lot of disconnect there, and I, I think you, you know, saw the results on the court. And um, just, I mean, as soon as Coach Payne walked in the, the building, is she's just smiling and, and so happy. And there was no nerves there in terms of, you know, getting up in front of a, probably the biggest group of me, I, I would assume the biggest group of media she's ever had to address coming from Southern Utah and Santa Clara. I wouldn't assume you get a big crowd in the press conferences there. So um, just really, like I said on Twitter, she really just seemed to exude positive energy. And in a sport where recruiting is everything, I think positive energy is something really, really cool to have. And then, of course, there's the dynamic of her having her husband on the staff, um, which I actually interviewed her and her husband talking about that because it's a very, I mean, you, you don't need to harp too much on something like that, but it's a cool dynamic. Her, um, her husband is the associate head coach. Right, and they've been coaching together um, all the way through their careers up until this point. So I think that brings um, a cool atmosphere. She said they're kind of like the yin, yin and yang. She keeps everything super even keel. Well, he's the one out there, you know, jumping, yelling, screaming, chest bumping people. Um, it seems like they're bringing something cool uh, in terms of that dynamic. I think, you know, I just think it's a, it, it was a change that needed to be happened. I think it's good for Colorado basketball to get away from the seal berry tree. I think that that road had kind of been, uh, what's the word I'm looking Exhausted. for? Exhausted. Uh, and it didn't work out. So, you know, no one was going to be seal berry as much as they wanted someone to be seal berry after seal berry left. And uh, I think it was good to go get a fresh start. And I really, really like Obviously, like I said this too, you always like you always like the teacher on the first day of class. But I really like the the vibes that she gives off, and I and I usually trust my gut feelings on these things. Once again, Rick George seeing a problem, fixing the problem, and probably fixing it in the right way. It seems, and uh, this seems to be a common theme with Rick George. Uh, this is the second hire he has made. But out of the two hires, and obviously we haven't seen a game from the women's volleyball team or the women's basketball team yet, uh, but the two hires all I've heard is good things about the two new head coaches definitely and people always want to whine and complain about records and this and that well you're you're not going to have a great record coaching at southern Utah that's for sure I mean what she did with them bringing them from really nothing into respectability they got to an NIT right southern Utah got to an but like think about that like (laughs) I mean I think it's important I mean is this a, you could say the same thing about Tad Boyle six years exactly. ago. Exactly. So someone tweeted at – this was my favorite thing that happened on Twitter last night. Someone tweeted at Tad Boyle – or, sorry, someone tweeted at Brian Howell and was like, wow, has a Pac-12 team ever hired a coach with a losing record? And Brian Howell just goes back, uh, Tad Boyle. <laughs> yeah, it worked out okay for us last time I checked. And, I mean, it's – it's kind of a sim- similar thing you saw with Mike McIntyre, too. He, t- he went to a team that was absolutely horrendous, and and by the time he left there, they were a very respectable program. I mean, you can say that, that, that they're a losing record, but you could put Mike Krzyzewski on some of these stats, and maybe he'd have a losing record, too. Right. Because, I mean, you, you walk into a program, it's not fixed overnight. Like, there's going to be a couple of years where your program is still awful. Right, when and you I look at the schedule she played at Santa Clara – I mean, she put everyone on there. They beat Stanford, which is something that – they beat Stanford at Stanford, which is something CU has never done as a program. So to do that with Santa Clara um, and end up going 23-9 and nine and making it to the NIT, I mean, really, you can't, you can't always just look at the overall record because there's always a story behind that. Go and look at what she did and watch the ascent of those programs. That's where you find 
um, what a coach's success is. And it, to me, I know they had a terrible, terrible year this year, but it doesn't feel like 100% of a rebuild to me. I think it's a, a reshaping or something like that. It's not full-on rebuild because it's not like the, the football program where you're taking over years and years and years of mediocrity or uh, something worse than mediocrity, atrocity. Uh, <laughs> you're taking over a team that has, yeah, they've declined in the last few years, but it's it's not a barren roster. It's not something where you're taking a program that has no respect across the country. Um, I really think it's a, it's a reshaping is what I'll call it. Yeah, and this is what I was about to say. It's it's not like this CU team is like when Mac, Mike McIntyre took over the football team. It's more like when Tad Boyle took over the basketball team. There are some pieces there already where she Tad can Boyle use. Had, I mean, some great it's pieces. not Alec Burks or Corey Higgins, but she mentioned Kennedy Leonard a few times in the press conference, and obviously a point guard, a freshman that does what Kennedy Leonard did this year, something to be excited about. She has a very good senior leader in Lauren Huggins. Uh, obviously, they're missing, missing a post presence, but they also have uh, soon-to-be sophomore Alexis Robinson, who had some very good moments this year. So there are some pieces there right. that are very positive. Definitely, and I think you know that's what she has to work with. And as a coach coming into a situation like this, all you have to do is just build a little bit of momentum in that first year, and it's easy to sell. Okay, we went from two Pac-12 wins to six or eight or ten or whatever it is, and then you can sell that to recruits. You know, it, recruits aren't looking for you to come in in the first year and go from a two-win program to winning the Pac-12. They want to see that you're ascending. They want to see you know uh, just positive energy around the program. And that's something that I think will be really easy for Coach Payne to do with the roster that you talked about. The late-breaking news of the podcast uh, is actually, but just before we started the segment, this news breaks, is another coaching hire at CU, uh, new assistant coach to the basketball team. I haven't even actually read his name yet. Uh, so, Ryan, why don't you break <laughs> this news here? Yeah, it's, uh, well, it's not going to be breaking when this news Well, right, but it's new to us. Bill Greer, uh, Pat Rooney from the, from the Daily Camera originally reporting the news here. Bill Greer will replace Rodney Billups on the staff. Um, he was a longtime assistant at Gonzaga, most recently at Oklahoma State. Um, actually was a head coach at the University of San Diego, winning 117 games over eight seasons. Really experienced guy coming into this program. Um, 15 years as an assistant at Gonzaga. Obviously, uh, the connection there is between Tad Boyle and Mark Few. I'm sure Coach Few um, gave the green light for Tad to bring in Greer. Um, those two are really close. So, uh, we've been saying, I've been saying for a long time that this coaching staff needed something new. Um, it just, it just you sometimes you just need new faces new energy and coach carney was an addition that i thought was good at that time to bring in someone new and kind of bring in some new perspective but you know when you have something that's repeating uh and obviously this this staff seems to have hit i guess a little bit of a plateau with that first round of the tournament kind of giving them fits and it just seems like sometimes you just need even the littlest change. Uh, everyone knows I'll be the first to defend Tad Boyle and everything he's done at Colorado. Sometimes all you need is just one new opinion, one new look. And to bring in a guy with this much experience, bring him onto your staff uh, in recruiting-wise, um, game planning-wise, everything, it's always good to have something new. It seems like Tad um, really hit this one out of the park in terms of bringing in Bill Greer. And I like that he's not only coached at Gonzaga, but he's coached at Oklahoma State, which means he doesn't have the West Coast only the West Coast ties in recruiting, he also has some of those Midwest ties. And I think that's something that's been uh, missing from the Colorado program is it seems they uh, 
go all Midwest one year and then all uh, California another year. I could be off in that, but it seems like they've gone through cycles where they were bringing in a lot of guys from California and then they went brought in some guys from the Midwest and then they go back to California. So I think it'd be good to kind of have an open eye to everything yeah. in the country. I, that's Tyler's Tyler's about to talk. So he's it's, real quick. He's this guy has ties in basically every uh, hotbed that CU recruits in. I mean, the Northwest, they've gone there before. San Diego, they've gone Southern California, and then Texas, or Oklahoma and, and Texas, which is where they've gotten a lot of players. So it, it seems like almost a perfect fit. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that we haven't talked about yet, too, is that he was the he was the recruiting coordinator for Gonzaga the last 10 years he was there. And I know people are concerned about this guy being someone who's capable of recruiting. I mean, you could say Gonzaga's at a lower-level program or whatever, like, they recruited They're really not. well. <laughs> they they beat big name programs for a lot of recruits in the last fifteen years. Um, he was able to get studs there, and a couple of them from Colorado too. I mean, you, uh, people may not recognize the name, but Matt Bolton, Matt Bolton who was yeah. state player of the year at Colorado twice. Yeah, and one of the best West Coast Conference players of the last fifteen years. Like he he won Conference Player of the Year senior year and came from Colorado, so he's capable of getting guys to. Um, so you still should have beaten them that year in Maui. <laughs> yeah, they were up, I think, nineteen. What a shocker. Uh, unusual. You know. <laughs> but, yeah, I think this overall, um, t I'm almost positive. Well, I can pretty much say this was Tad's target from the second he knew that Rodney was going to be leaving um, because it was the first name that was in my ear when that happened. So uh, I think and Tad had said uh, on Selection Sunday, he said, you know, I have an idea of where I want to go. And so I think he went out and got his number one target, and I think it's a target that he's probably had his eyes on for a while now. Um, knowing that eventually there was going to be some turnover in his staff. So Tad goes out, gets his number one target. Um, and I think I, I'd be willing to guarantee that Tad is really excited about bringing in uh, Bill Greer. I mean, that's a guy with so much experience. And like you said, a recruiting coordinator, which is, I'm sure, um, something he'll be doing here for 10 years there. I mean, great, great addition to the staff. Um, excited for him to get in here and, we'll, and talk to him. I think that'll just about do it for this second segment of the BSN Buffs podcast. On the other side of this break, we're going to be talking about summertime, uh, which is just around the corner. We're going to be talking about those Twitter handles that we hyped up a little bit in the last segment. Uh, and we're going to be playing a little bit of a game underrated. Uh, but first, I want to tell you about the place we are currently at, the best place in Denver as we know it, the Blake Street Tavern. Uh, perfect place to come out for the final four next weekend i think it will be lit uh so to speak uh another time it will be lit is when the frozen four is happening in two weekends when du is playing and those were my five don't know what that is seconds. what's that uh, uh so come out to the blake street tavern if you're watching hockey basketball baseball rocky's opening day is just around the corner uh probably a good place to be for rocky's opening day tyler how how is it for rocky's opening day down here uh, it's insane as as is anywhere else downtown the opening day is a fun time downtown for sure uh, kind of similar to St. Patrick's Day. There's a lot of rookies running around, I'll say. <laughs> so you can, if you if you like people watching, there's no better day to do it. Um, but actually, opening day is a lot of fun. You should come down. I actually did want to um, thank everybody that's been coming down. We've been really busy the last couple weeks for March Madness, so if you listen to this podcast or even if you don't, I really appreciate you guys coming down and giving us the business. It's been a really fun couple months between the Super Bowl and March Madness for us. So busy for sure, um, tiring, but a lot of fun. And I really appreciate you guys coming down for those of you that have. Blake Street Tavern is the greatest place in the world. If your hair, ask for Tyler and tell him BSN Buff sent you. Uh, I'll try not to give you. Uh, apparently, I have a mean mug. 
That's what the people tell me. So I'm not actually face. I'm not actually a mean person. Although Twitter might tell you otherwise. And we'll be right back on the <laughs> other side of the screen. Back in '89, I simply slid in the place. Buddy, 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 all up in your face. A lot of kids is busting rhymes, but they had no taste. Some said quest was whack, but now is that the case? I have a quest to have a mic in my hand. Without that, it's like kryptonite and Superman. Why go to the Clock Tower Grill? Because of the burgers? Sure. How about the 15 big screen TVs and the 100-inch projection screen? Okay. How about the fact that it's conveniently located at the Lincoln Light Rail Station? Yep. We could do this all day. The bottom line is that the Clock Tower Grill has unique food and drink specials every single day and offers something for everyone all the time. Head down to the Lincoln Light Rail Station and let's have some fun at the Clock Tower Grill. Rain, sleet, or snow, 24 hours a day, residential or commercial, you name it, A-Team does it. A-Team Garage Doors will meet or beat any estimate and offer same-day repairs. A-Team Garage Doors has a five-star rating and is a home advisor elite service provider. Call A-Team Garage Doors at 720-556-8016. That's A-Team Garage Doors, 720-556-8016. Call 8016 for the A-Team. When is the last time you went to the Rock Restaurant and Bar on Smoky Hill Road? With 69-cent wings on Mondays, trivia on Tuesdays, and $2 domestics during happy hour and weekends, the Rock Restaurant and Bar is the only choice when I'm in South Aurora. They're open 9 a.m. to 2 a.m. every day, making them a great place for a big breakfast, tasty lunch, or a nice dinner. The Rock is off of Smoky Hill Road, just a few blocks west of E-470. Find them online at therockrest.com. That's therockrest.com. $3 beer specials, $4 shot specials, $5 appetizer specials, and two-for-one 10-inch pizzas. All of that happens every Sunday at Ernie's Bar and Pizza. Not only does Ernie's have the best deals, but they were just voted number one New York-style pizza in Denver by the Westward. Why go anywhere else? Make Ernie's Bar and Pizza your home for football on Sundays. Ernie's Bar and Pizza, 44th and Federal in Old North Denver, where the Pisons live. If you're tired of the same old sports bar experience, it's time to check out the Sunset Grill. They have the NFL Sunday ticket, NHL Center Ice, NBA TV, and yes, even the Pac-12 Network. But they also have a gorgeous view from their spacious deck. They have dry ribs, wings, and mussels to go with their ice-cold beer. They have $4 Bud and Bud Light pitchers on Sundays, and their happy hour is from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day. So next time you're looking for a place to watch the game, do it a little different and go to the Sunset Grill off Holly and County Line in Centennial. Sunset Grill. back on the ESN Buffs podcast, and I'm alongside Ryan Koningsberg, who is probably the biggest fan of birds that I know. What is, like, the zoology term for birds? Do you know? Uh, birds. Okay. Um, well, Ryan, how high are you on owls? They are a type of bird, I do believe. Yeah, um, owls are actually the second dopest bird I've seen out of my ho- outside of my house recently. Um, 
Did you know they hoot like really loud? Yeah, and you know what? If you're really into owls, I have the place for you. No way. Hoot mechanics. You can find hooting owls uh, there. They are in Golden. Professional skier <laughs> Jeremy Johnston, when he, his side gig is to train owls, and uh, he actually gets them to speak to you. They speak uh, in different types of hoots, in, and in Jeremy tons. Johnston uh, can decode it and tell you um, <laughs> what your ski boot size is. I think you're thinking of boot mechanics again. Oh, so like... It's the footbed thing. The owls have nothing to do with the foot, the baking of your uh, ski boots. <laughs> I don't think they bake your ski boots. <laughs> That's what you do. You bake when you when you get hockey skates. You bake them. Yeah, it's it's a little. Is it we, not that same thing? It's a little different, but they do. There there's some baking involved, but it's yeah. It's uh, Jeremy Jeremy Johnston. He's a professional skier, and uh, he makes a footbed for your boots that perfectly slides in there, and I mean, when you're skiing, you'll feel like an owl soaring through the mountains. You will have clear uh, vision with your feet like the owls do at night. And you uh, can, you'll be able to turn your head 360 degrees in a circle. <laughs> um, you can visit Boot Mechanics in Golden or at bootmechanics.com. <laughs> Tyler's dead. Tyler didn't like this segment before this one, but I think, I think he's a fan We're of finally, this. Tyler's, Tyler's done. <laughs> Tyler can't even talk. He can't even hold his mic. Oh, my God. Oh, this is great. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, we, oh, yeah, that was Tyler's idea. Uh, we're going to get into some other stuff on the VSN Buffs podcast. First off, we're going to get into some Twitter handles. Uh, Ryan texted me out of the blue the other day, and uh, – I want to find this exact exact, uh, exact text message. So Make sure you edit it. Usually my texts aren't safe for the air. No, there, this one was actually fine. Oh, okay, 326.16 at 1.09 p.m. Pod topic next week. Worst Twitter handle. A player's program or win the day. Talking about Arizona basketball or Oregon football. The, and right there, you, you see the problem is you have to tell me who it is because it doesn't say it in the stupid Twitter handle. Like what's CU Basketball? CU Buffs Basketball, yep. I think. CU Buffs MBB. Yeah. Although, in, in defense, Run Ralphie Run is the football one for CU, so it doesn't say anything. Yeah, either. but that one's actually dope but, and truthful. Yes. Probably biased, but also dope. Yes. Hmm. I hadn't even thought about that. You didn't think about that? No. I thought that was the first thing you were going to think about. Yeah, but you were just kind of ignored it, I kind of thought. Like, you were like, well, Arizona, this is stupid. You're not a player's program. And win the day, what does that even mean? Whereas, like, Run, Ralphie, Run is a calling card for the CU Buffs. It is, but, like, no one says that. They chant, well, we want <laughs> Ralphie. Yeah. Like, that's, like, the, that's my only issue with it. See, now we're, this somehow turns into us being negative about CU. I hadn't even thought about that. It's not really a good Twitter handle. Um, like it. It's better than what I said uh, the equivalent of CU Buffs football would be if it was similar to I, a player's program or win the day. Uh, if CU Buffs football were to do something like that, it would be at not entrusted to the timid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That uh, would be worse. Anytime, anytime you want me to just go off on Arizona's yeah, Twitter. Let's angle, just be just clear. At a player's program is the worst Twitter handle in all of sports across anything ever. It is terrible. Like, I don't know how to explain. It's it's like it's really douchey. It has these weird like under. T- it's like basically, oh. it's just Sean Miller in a Twitter handle. It's the worst. 
yeah, that just happened. Go ahead. Anyways, so a player's program, that's interesting to me only because, like, all of their semi-decent players who, like, at one time they got an email from the NBA, they're like, okay, I declared for the draft. <laughs> yes. That's pretty much how it goes every single time. Brandon Ashley, garbage. Who's the dude who played for the Thunder? Who was also garbage? It was basically Brandon Ashley, but slower. I can't remember. He got drafted the same year as Roberson, and everybody was talking about how he was going to be a, a stretch four. That was so dope. And it, Anyways, it's like people get out of that program as soon as possible. They bring in transfers every year. Literally, Mark Tollefson plays for Arizona. <laughs> That's the least players program of all time. Justin Simon probably doesn't think it's a players program. <laughs> how did that work out for him? Not Ryan well. Anderson, yeah, he was there for a year. You, like All their best players played basketball at Arizona for like two years. Except for Gabe Maybe York. that's why they're saying they're a players program, because they're like, we promote you to the NBA. But they don't. None of them are still in the NBA. Even Derek Williams, who went second overall, is awful. Did he really go second overall? Yeah. He was, there was an argument between whether or not the Cavs should take him or Kyrie Irving. <laughs> who is this? Derek, Derek Williams. Williams. Der- I don't... I don't. I remember Derek Williams, but like I can't picture him anymore. Yeah, he's not a player, so no, he's terrible. He, he didn't play for the players. Program. Where? Oh, Solomon Hills, who you were thinking of? No, right? it's not who I was thinking of. Were you thinking it's of Garrett Grant Jarrett? Yeah, Grant Jarrett. That's it. There you oh go. Oh my God, Grant, Grant Jarrett. Jarrett. Left he came early. out as a freshman. He literally left early for the NBA. He came out as Just a freshman. Just think about that, Grant Jarrett. He was drafted one pick after Jeff Withy and one pick before Jamal Franklin. That's awesome. <laughs> Jamal Franklin got buckets. Uh, yeah, he did. Two picks before You've Peter got Jackson. More buckets than Grant and Jared, I promise you that. that but I'm sure. gonna argue that win the day is equally as bad uh, because it, uh, at least a player's program is like descriptive of something that's going on there. Like I don't know what win the day means if it means anything at all. Like are you, th- is that like your program motto and you just kind of turned it from a Twitter hashtag to a Twitter handle? Like did the person creating the Twitter not know the difference between a handle and a hashtag? It's a that's a legitimate question. It's a legitimate question. Because, like, I understand the, the team mottos, you know, uh, the Nuggets have, uh, like, I forget what theirs is right now, but they have a, some mm-hmm. solid one. Nothing the Nuggets do is relevant. It's hashtag one goal. <laughs> like, uh, like and that's terrible. I love that. Um, <laughs> you know, the Rockies have done a few ones themselves, and, you know, every team Where they does randomly put a capital R in a regular word. Why do they do that? <laughs> I wrote an entire satirical article uh, last year where I capitalized all the R's <laughs> in it. Um, and I got an email from Rocky's PR. They, they actually liked it. Um, <laughs> um, uh, anyways, uh, point being, I understand the team motto. That's fine, marketing slogan, whatever. But why is that your Twitter handle? There's really no, I mean, everyone's Twitter handle, including CU's, should just be Arizona, Arizona basketball, Oregon football, Colorado football. Trying to, like, get cute with it is just annoying. Except, like, while you were talking about that, I thought it would be kind of dope if uh, the basketball's one was real tad. Uh, yeah, I, I would appreciate that. that for no reason whatsoever. Considering <laughs> Tyler started. But anyway, yeah. Did you really start real tad? I don't know if I started. I made it famous, shall we say. It was like there was it was like Lou Lehman and Trent Beckley that really started the whole roll tad. Okay, thing. fair enough. But Those guys deserve their due. Yeah. But I know someone I who it to Twitter and it took off in a hurry. I know someone who didn't exactly invent something but made it famous. Oh, what, what are you doing? <laughs> What's up? Wait, which thing are you throwing shade? That's right. At me I'm, for? I'm with I think you. you know exactly what no, I'm. I actually you. I'm don't. with you on that one because he always gets mad at me and about really is, stupid what stuff. What did you too. say in the car on the way down to Denver? I'm going to stop throwing shade at Chap for a little while. Ooh, that, was, that was he's, in he's what? Hashtag, it's been like three hours. Since he's then. hashtag Bill Walton bingo. 
Oh, that thing. Yeah. yeah, well, you know what? I was the one smart. If I didn't start it, which I still think I did, <laughs> I was the one smart enough to tweet it at his Here, here's, here's the deal. Neither of you started it. So the fact that he's, like, severely angry about this is hilarious to me. Not me, the he. <laughs> no, yeah, not Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. Anyways, I, I mean, I don't care. We don't need to, honestly, we don't need yeah. to go any further on that. Um, but... <laughs> Can we talk more about what Arizona? we're talking about? Oh yeah, terrible uh, Twitter handles. Yeah, at at win the day is like they're both so douchey, but I really just have to lean towards a player's program. Just it's so it's like so off putting. It's the most Sean Miller thing I could ever. Seriously, like they're was no it, one was likes it, playing for Sean Miller. Let's make that clear right away. Was it Arizona basketball and then they changed it to an, a I, player's program? I honestly maybe, have no when idea. Sean Miller came in there. No, I don't think it was Sean Miller's doing. Isn't there? I don't. I think Sean Miller's been there longer than longer Twitter than Twitter. Was, yeah, yeah, Twitter was a thing. Was, but Twitter's been around for ten years. So he's. I mean, he was two. I guess maybe not like then. But by the time he got famous, right? True. He he's been there since what two thousand five, something like that. Yeah, I mean, he's been there. Their first Twitter was when he was there. I just, to be honest, both coaches are not swag. They have no swag. And to have these handles representing their program just makes me laugh. But what's like worse? Mark the, Helfrich but what's is worse? coming is, up with funny things. It's no. aplayersprogramorpointguarduniversity.com. The best part about Point Guard U is that they didn't have any point guards this year. Yeah. But, like, I, I can name, like, three point guards in the history of Arizona basketball. There's other universities that have a better point guard. T.J. McConnell's getting buckets for the Sixers. Oh, he's dope. But, but like, then again, you could also probably get buckets for the Sixers. Because someone's got to get that. Their, their goal <laughs> is to have the worst possible team ever. They're doing a good job, too. That'd be way cooler if they, like, let me play for them, though. Yeah. Like, they if should. they were just like, yo, we're tanking, like, <laughs> this is – this is real. But we don't get like RK. You can yeah, you can get ten shots con- a game. They have a fan contest every week to get a ten day yeah. contract. <laughs> it's just like a three point shootout. Yeah. I know a way that would make them instantly suck. They get the first all Jewish basketball team in NBA history. Yeah, where does Omri Caspi play? Is um, he back on the Kings? Tyler Ziskin being the tallest Jew I've ever met would be the starting center. Uh, I might be a starting small forward on the team. Let's put it that <laughs> way. Um, <laughs> this is going well. We have gone this, off on a proper tangent right this now. Is a terrible segment. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so it's been decided the players' program is the worst thing. Yeah, ever. okay. But I want I, I want to throw this out to the fans though. I want because we were looking for other horrible Twitter handles when we did this segment and we couldn't come up with anything great. I'm sure some of you are smart and have some great ones out there that I really want to know about. So please get at me with some t- some terrible sports Twitter handles because I like to go off on random stuff. We were actually thinking of having, and we might still do this, uh, a March Madness of Buffs Twitter where one half of the bracket is Buffs Media, the other half of the bracket is Buffs Fans. We we have votes on Twitter who, who advances to the overall championship game. We'll see if that happens. I'm, I'm just like afraid of people getting their feelings hurt. I know like, you don't care about I'm, that stuff. I'm, do- I'm down for people getting their feelings hurt. It makes for a good day. Um, is getting your feelings hurt underrated or overrated? <laughs> it's definitely overrated. <laughs> because it's just I just don't understand it. Like, I'll get really mad at you, but not really. Like, I just like to argue about stuff. But I'm cool in, like, two minutes. Like, some people really hold grudges. Like, on Bus Stampede or on Twitter or whatever it may be. There's, like consistent people that always get at me with like they've clearly hated me for years and i just don't even remember their handle 
whatsoever. Like, I have no idea what they're mad about or if they've been mad at me forever. They just come but out of the woodwork. And and I'll just like, I wonder what I did to this person nine years ago that he still is <laughs> calling me a twat. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd, I'll just be honest before. And I've told you this in person, so it's not like this is breaking. But like before I knew you in person, like just based off your Twitter, I was like, damn, this guy's kind of an asshole. <laughs> I mean, my friends would tell people that I'm an asshole. So <laughs> I'd like but to be no, an asshole. Like, it's fun. But in real life, you're actually like a, a good person. That's that's actually like pretty nice and kind-hearted. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, but I also still enjoy being an asshole. Well, yeah. I mean, argue, everyone. I'm does. not going to argue against it. I mean, there's probably people who think I'm an asshole from my Twitter. Not many. You're lo- you're loved throughout the people. We should the Bert. You're like the NCA of bird Twitter. You're uh, you're profiting off the birds without the birds making any profit themselves. So I think some I'm of the not birds are any mad. money off of my Twitter. Hit, I saw. Twitter feed. I did see on Twitter that there was a a, a brief movement to have RK uh, run for president. So I, yes. I want to see. I want to see how far that can. This go is what I have to say about. You that. would have my and, vote. Okay. Well, this is what I honestly have to say about that. The crazy thing, and this is the the last politics talk that will ever make it on this podcast. The crazy thing is. If I were to announce right now that I was running for president, like a good amount of people would think about voting for me. Like whether to, I would win, no. You have to but be like, 40. Shut the f- <laughs> Someone like Don't if let it, facts in a hypothetical way. situation, Jesus Christ. <laughs> People would be like, oh, yeah, we got to give this guy a good, hard, long look because we don't know. We have nothing else better to work with. Because Trump and because Hillary. So that's the end of that. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not going to share my facts out of my life. (laughs) Sorry. I have respect for the American political system. Uh, But why? Why do do you? That's that's the most questionable thing you've said so far today. Still up and running somehow. Um, Anyways, we're trying to get into underrated, overrated. Uh, We're just going to start throwing some random things at each other, I think. No, it's not underrated, overrated. It's it's most underrated. underrated, Oh, it's most underrated. This is Tyler's segment. Um, Most underrated. Most underrated. going to throw something out for us first, though. Um, He looks ready. I have one that was brought up earlier. Graphic T-shirts. So we're going underrated or overrated? Yeah. So underrated. Completely and utterly overrated. (laughs) Big graphic T guy. Uh, I, exactly. I grew up in an era of graphic tees, and th- by the way, this came up because I walked in <laughs> into the Tyler's wearing a sh- I'm wearing a shirt with squirt guns on a it. A graphic tee with super soakers on yeah. it, which I know Max doesn't listen to this podcast, but if he did, he'd be hyped right now. So, <laughs> okay, the graphic tees are are super overrated because, like, why do you need to have something on your shirt? Like, you should just be able to bust out your your style should speak for itself. You don't need like a big giant. But what if your Alien. style is a picture? Like, you have all these weird things on the inside of your jacket sleeves. Why do you need that? I don't. Yeah, you do sometimes. You, <laughs> used to, you rolled up the jacket sleeves for oh, a brief yeah, moan I mean, in like, life. There's nothing wrong with having a little uh, okay. extra patterning on. But, like, you don't, like, I, like I said, you, your style should speak for itself. You don't need, like, these, like, like you, don't, you can't find one brand on me right now. It's probably true. You're normally wearing all Nike head to toe. Like this That's t- when I'm like, it's not like this is a brand. Gear, like yeah. you couldn't tell me what I'm wearing. No, but I mean, everything else you have is. So branded. you have a problem with my Jordan graphic tee? I think it's a cool ter- t-shirt, honestly. But like uh, most of my t-shirts are like this. They're not like overtly graphic. They're just that's o- that and, shirt and is it's overtly graphic. graphic. No, no, I'm not saying most. <laughs> most of my stuff isn't overtly graphic, but this is. 
But that's I, I only like that one because it's Jordan. If it didn't have the Jordan logo, I, I would think it was a pretty weak shirt. But all of my graphic, the only non-Nike or Jordan graphic tee I have is a, a really sick limited edition art print t-shirt. <laughs> Damn, dude. Sick limited edition art print t-shirt. What, is, what, is, what do you think? Oh, oh. Uh, Tyler Ziskin, average, me, un, most underrated half-pass subs? Yeah, man. Yeah. What? What? Tyler What's promoting the most it? underrated sub at half fast? Yeah. Buff go chicken. For it. Buff chicken. I get it every single night. I go there like three nights a week at least. Uh, but is it underrated? Because I don't know. Oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat and say that the entire location is the most underrated thing ever. True. So shout out to half fast subs. I live in Denver and I miss you. Anytime half you feel like subs. opening down here, you let me know. Hit us up. You're getting we some like free sandwiches. advertising, but we can give you some more. It won't be free. <laughs> uh. What about? I'm a big fan of the. I think it's called the Blackbird. I'll I'll chug an entire margarita on this segment <laughs> next time. They have margaritas here. Yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, Just sure you know that. Corduroy pants. I serve them. <laughs> I don't want to talk about your style anymore. Corduroy pants. Those are extremely overrated. Oh, they keep you warm. They're terrible. There's there's just too much. Like just wear jeans. It's just like too fabric. I don't. I, it, there's just like too much going on. Yeah. I, Ryan just likes to criticize anything that differs me from him. That is definitely not true. Oh, it's I mean, 100% you, you true. You can blame this on Ryan, but I'm sitting here right next Thank to him you. saying the exact same thing to you. And Corduroy that's because are your overrated. opinions are unbiased. Ryan's opinions on me are not unbiased. Well, I, what is my bias? I don't know what your bias <laughs> is, but it's, you obviously have some agenda towards I, I have a good one because two of us have them. Underrated or overrated hard parts? Hard parts? Uh, Probably overrated, even though I have one. Yeah, so I would say the same thing. I have one, and I think it's overrated, too. <laughs> it's too difficult to maintain. Well, it's like, it, it, yeah, I just think it's overrated because now everyone's rocking it. Yeah, that's true, too. And the only reason I've continued to rock it is because, like, it just makes me feel, like, a little more fresh when I leave the barbershop. You could you could also say the same thing about beards, which is also hilarious since I've had one since I was, like, 17. But I'm just I think I'm just angry at everyone that everyone has beards now. Everyone has it, Everyone has beards in a hard part. I need to find something new. Illegal Pete's burritos uh, with potatoes, underrated. Still underrated somehow. This is a great question. I'm going to let Ryan go first. Uh, I, I, wouldn't, I never go to Illegal Pete's without getting potatoes in my burrito. Right. It's because what's super underrated about it is the spice that they put on the potatoes. And if you ask for extra of it, it's like really spicy. Mm, good stuff. Okay, that didn't go the direction I was expecting, to be honest. We all know that I'm a huge Illegal Pete's fan. Like, would take it over any other burrito place, which is going to make Ryan angry, which is why I went there. So, it doesn't make me throw it out there. I went there the other night after going out with my buddies (laughs) and spilled case all over my floor. So, that was fun. (laughs) Tyler's texting me about how great his girlfriend is because she's driving him to Illegal Pete's. This is at like (laughs) two in the morning. (laughs) And I agreed. It was a big day. Okay, Tyler. Shout out to Amy Thomas. Tyler Ziskin late night Snapchat slash text messages way underrated. Tyler doesn't really yeah, send I'm not, Snapchat. I'm not a, I'm not a well, Snapchat guy, but when I do, Snapchats of or of. But yeah. when I do, they're always great. Tyler once <laughs> after the Browns lost the game once, Tyler had the most savage Snapchat oh, I've story I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> this is literally him taking like, I don't even. Well into double digit shots, like well, like I would venture to guess somewhere between fifteen and twenty I'm shots. I'm just gonna summarize it like this: 
my girlfriend and I got a lot of text messages ranging from, is this kid dead? <laughs> or this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Well, in my and life. what's crazy is it was just Tyler like ripping shots. And I was like, oh my God, like this is intense. Like I, I, I was one of those people who texted him like, yo, dude, chill. And then all of a sudden, it just goes from him like ripping shots on his couch to him just randomly at a country concert. <laughs> Tyler doesn't even like country, but he was like having a good time on his <laughs> that's Snapchat. Like, that's like the most PC way to put that I don't like country <laughs> music. <laughs> like the fact that I that this Snapchat story went that direction is was, probably my favorite part of the entire Snapchat it story. It was an M. Night Shyamalan-esque <laughs> twist to the Snapchat story. <laughs> that is a name I have not heard in a long time. It's funny because you said that exactly when you told me about that Snapchat story like four months ago. Really? Yes. No, I, th- I, I had forgotten of that and then reset it now and was proud of myself. I would it. say M. Night Shyamalan overrated or underrated, but if you say anything but overrated, I'm going to get really angry. I'm with you. I'm not really good at what is he a director yeah, yeah. Director. i'm not really good one at of the worst point, of all like time. pinning directors to certain movies except for like wes anderson because it's like so obvious whatever terrible movie you saw in the past 10 years it was probably directed by all, the only sure one i know that he directed that i saw was the village yeah, and i didn't really get what was going on there so yeah not good i, I don't know where to go i i'm lost that was good I had fun with that, to be honest. All right. Well, I got one more thing of fun stuff. Uh, it's summertime. Uh, well, it's actually springtime. But summertime's right around the corner. Uh, and uh, it's picnic season. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you, you I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not kidding. <laughs> he's not kidding. Um, he's very romantic, he told us. In the production meeting, that's what I'm going to call so it. So any, any of the ladies out there in listening the to this. In the production meeting, that. Jake legitimately threw, a, threw out as a topic best places for picnics in Boulder. <laughs> That's what we were going to talk about today. So if you're a picnic girl, Jake is your guy. Yeah, I'm going to throw that out there. Seriously, Big Jake will, guy. he has like four different red and white checkered blankets. I have a Blackhawks one. Oh, I'm, I'm actually dead not serious. Surprising. Not surprising at all. Um, but golf courses. You guys said the top five golf courses mm. you want to hit this summer. Um, I, it raises the ooh, so maybe I'll cut that down to three. So maybe give us three golf courses you want to hit this summer. Well, I didn't get to play Arrowhead last year, so so I really want to do that. Is that you disagree or you No, agree? Arrowhead is like oh. heaven on earth. Okay, so and then the second one that I haven't played in the last couple of years that I've been really trying to get to lately is the Ridge, which is in Castle Rock. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's in Castle Pines North, and it's really awesome. I loved playing it when I lived down there in high school, but I haven't played it in forever, so I'd like to get back out there and do that one again. Um, and then, let's see, the third one this year would probably be somewhere in the mountains. I don't have anything specific, but I, I played uh, Vale Country Club um, for – a bachelor party a couple summers ago, and it was an awesome course. So I'd like to do something like that again. Oh no, it was Breckenridge, not Vale. Breckenridge Country Club, and it was sweet. I yep. could probably get you into the Broadmoor if you want. I could. Yeah. No. Yeah, okay. We'll pass that yeah. Up. Yeah. Okay. I'm in. Um. The. You mentioned Vale. The only thing I have to say about playing Vale's golf course is I've never played faster greens in my life. Like, there was one where I was above the pin. And I knew I had literally no chance of keeping the ball on the green. And I had like a six foot putt. Tapped it as light as I could, didn't hit the hole, and rolled like 40 feet past the pin off the green. So it was really frustrating, actually. Um, my three favorites, Arrowhead. Arrow, uh, if you guys don't know, Arrowhead is like, it's basically like if you played golf at Red Rocks. Like, you're, you're in, it's like the golf course of Red Rocks. Like, you're surrounded by giant Red Rocks 
all throughout the course. Um, it's amazingly picturesque. Um, the second one, and you mentioned a mountain course as my eyes lit up, the Raven, uh, which is kind of in the Silverthorn area, I guess I would say, is amazing. There's just one, there's two or three holes that have like the most dramatic elevation changes you could ever imagine. Like there's, I think it's either the ninth or the 18th, you tee off and it literally just like drops forever. Like no matter what, your ball just plugs when it hits the fairway because it literally just goes out and then straight down for like who knows how, how long. Uh, that one's amazing and it's the closest I've ever been to a hole in one was there. So I have fond memories. And then the third, I'm just going to give a couple, uh, I'm going to give two shout-outs to a lo- just local courses. I'm always excited to play flat irons, and I know Tyler hates it with a passion, but it's like I grew up on that course. It's where I basically learned the game. So even though it's the most unimaginative, straight, boring golf course Can ever. I talk about my hatred for it really quick? Sure, go ahead. Because hatred's strong, first of all. But my only problem with it is that I have an unreasonable crush on Colorado National, and the price difference is, like, ridiculously similar. So why would I not just go play there? Colorado National was where I was going next. Yeah. That's definitely the best course in this area. Um, plus, like, every once in a while, they just throw out a massive Ralphie on the 18th hole, which is really awesome. Um, and all of the carts are branded CU. So I always, like, try and pick, like, a good number. Like, when Tyler went, I think we got the Rashawn Salam cart. Uh, it's always good to have. Also... And I think they're in the midst of changing this because obviously Nebraska isn't the rival anymore. But they made the the cart that goes and picks up all the balls was Nebraska themed, so like you could aim, try and hit it, which is always cool. We're gonna will have it be, to will have it a be vote. Utah themed. See that? Yeah, I, I want to vote. Make on it, it CSU themed. Yeah, there you go. I'm down with that too. But, <laughs> but yeah, we would have to have a vote to see what they change it into. I see, think. I think they wouldn't do the CSU thing because like there's probably enough people in the area that are CSU fans that would be offended by that. They're kind of soft and whiny. <laughs> I like where this is going. I am just going to say I want it. So a lot of us in, well, I guess I can't really throw myself into this circle of Buffs media, but people who follow and love the Buffs on Twitter, let's say, um, a lot of us play golf. So I would like to probably get a few uh, few rounds together. I was with thinking some about doing like summer. the BSN Buffs Open. Yeah, let's do and it. And like having, why are you throwing your hands up because like that? Because we, me, Trevor, uh, we used to write for Ralph Report. Ted, uh, who writes for Ralph Report, and Cam, who writes for Ralph Report. Every time we are all together, we go out and golf. Mini golf. No. We go out to Gateway. We go out to Adventure. And if you haven't been out to Adventure, it's the best Stop. mini golf course this in the This is reminding Denver me what, what being under 21 life was oh, like. Oh, man, right I now. love mini golf. <laughs> mini golf's the dopest thing. Mini golf is fun. We went Regular to, golf's better. We went to... Uh, uh, adventure brought some libations onto the course. Had a play you are not allowed to drink libations. I had Sprite. <laughs> Damn right you did. Sprite. Uh, uh, anyways, back to real sports. Um, what were we talking about? Mini golf, golf is like is the rugby. Oh, the BSN Buffs Open. Mini yeah, golf in is theory, like the rugby sevens to the rugby. Anyways. I just kind of want to see how far Jake can hit a golf ball. To be honest, I can. I can probably hit two seventy. No I, I want to see way. It. I honestly probably could. I have a really good swing. <laughs> let's put let's put him and Matt Smith together for oh. a driving contest. No, Matt Smith hits a four ten. Are we censoring his name on the podcast? <laughs> no. Stop. Don't censor me. You don't be like Will Whalen. He's he doesn't like to at people. Every time he talks crap about someone, I always I always just respond to Adam, bro. <laughs> Adam, you, you won't Adam. Anyways, <clears throat> the BSN Buffs Open would be really dope. We can give away more 
Blake Street Tavern t-shirts. Actually, now that we just brought up Will, I don't, I've never played golf with Will. I don't even know if he plays golf, to be honest. But I just have this picture in my head of him playing golf that's hilarious, and now I want to make it happen. I feel like he would eat, like, I, one part of me imagines him having, like, a decent swing, and he's just, like, a large person, so he would hit the ball far. And this other part of me just can, like, imagine him, like, looking like someone who just picked up a golf club for the first time ever and, like, not knowing no, what see, to do with I it. I wasn't even going that direction. Like, I just see him, like, having a nice cigar, maybe a maybe a little, <laughs> maybe a little whiskey drink, and yeah. the like next a- thing you know, he's going off on this huge tangent <laughs> in the middle of your backswing. Will would be more interested in also, what's he's in the wearing like, round card. He's wearing like a like a super thin fabric white <laughs> button down. Sean Miller sweating. With like is, is that four buttons undone. <laughs> See, I told you this. The image is good. It is. It's great. Will make this happen for me, baby. Oh, Come God. back. If not, we'll have Cisneros Photoshop you. <laughs> yeah, it's happening either way. Um, gosh, uh, one more summertime thing. Uh, Rooftops, what's baby. Your, What's your favorite summertime thing? Uh, mine is hanging out uh, <laughs> so dumb. by the pool. I love hanging out by the pool. You got rooftops. rooftops. Uh, I, also, I always love Memorial Day weekend in Boulder because I get the hell out of there because it's way too bouldery for me. Um, you talking about Creek Fest? Oh, yeah. God, I hate that. Weird. Way too much weird things going on down there. Denver in the summer. A lot of opportunity for day drinking during Creek Fest. I, ha- I haven't been able to do that until this upcoming year, so I will find out. Denver in the summers, it like it makes amazing, me happy yeah. to think about it. It's so amazing the amount of rooftops. Like it, people just like Denver's also the a fact fun that town. you have a rooftop now. Like oh, like you know we what? can have Honestly, rooftop parties at your house. Yeah, we can. Okay, so yeah, we might have to have like a bi-weekly. That might be a thing. So we haven't even talked about this yet. I don't think. But did I? T- we're gonna we're gonna have a, a social conversation on the podcast because why not? I'm getting Tyler's taking Tyler's taking the reins here. Yeah, I don't I'm, care. I'm getting I'm off on Saturday this summer, which is for if for any of you who know what I do for a living, that's like the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life. And I don't work until 6 p.m. on Sundays, so I have like a full weekend almost. Wow, so we can be friends again. It's that, gonna be great. That is going to be amazing. We can, yeah. Except I like when you have, you'll still have. Will you have one weekday off too? Oh, yeah, I'll have at, at least Monday and Wednesday or Thursday. Because then it's, like, we can always go play golf when it's cheap oh, on like, the, the weekends. Yeah, during the day, I can always go. Yeah. So. Well, that's going to wrap up the BSN I hope you Bucks folks podcast. get used to us talking about a few things other than sports because it's going to be a long off. This is summer. Actually, throw out some suggestions. I know you got some good stuff out there you want us to talk about. In Every the single podcast. week we have a podcast. We need stuff to talk about. If you want us to talk about wolves we will talk about wolves that's literally what we talked about the entire car ride down to Denver. Ryan, Ryan hates graphic tees but, but he loves unless there's a wolf tees. on it whoa whoa here we go for wolf tees because wolf tees are dope <laughs> see and that's a graphic tee uh no it's actually its own brand yeah. that's called wolf tees <laughs> It's own category of tees. See, I have that great graphic tee. It's a picture of the moon. It's all blue and white and black. And you go, is that a wolf tee? And you were really into it. And then I said no. And you're like, ah, I don't like it. Yeah, because now it's just a graphic tee, not a wolf tee. <laughs> totally different brand of tees. I have one more overrated or underrated. <laughs> go for okay. it. Batman versus Superman. Uh, I don't do those. Yeah, I, yeah, I heard it was terrible. I haven't seen it yet, to be honest. <laughs> Why did you want to bring it Because <laughs> Because it just came Because you kept saying graphic tees, and it reminded me of graphic novels. Anyway, folks, folks, whatever you want to talk about, 
We'll talk about it. Dating advice, pop culture. We literally talked about Iowa for like 10 minutes Don't in the ask last Ryan podcast. Don't ask dating advice. Whoa. <laughs> I'm actually always... I, I'm, if you want some good stories, come come find me. <laughs> You're out of the games, this. This is... Uh, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking the, about uh, stories gonna, about this This guy. is the end of the PSM. <laughs> Tyler has no good stories. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, this is fun. All right. <laughs> Well, that's going to wrap up the BSN Buffs podcast. Uh, he is Tyler Zisk, and you can follow him on Twitter at TZiskBuff, uh, one of our favorite Twitter follows, and I'm sure one of your favorite Twitter follows. Probably not. Uh, to it's, my, a, it's an acquired taste. Like Will Whalen's wine. Uh, <laughs> God, that did not go down well in Vegas. We had wine in Vegas? I didn't. I know you guys were complaining about it. Oh, at, the, <laughs> at sushi. That's the only we time had we wine. had wine, yeah. I forgot we had wine at sushi. I only remember the sake. It was the only time I've ever liked sake. Please uh, end this podcast. He is Ryan Koningsberg. <laughs> you can follow him on Twitter at Ryan Koningsberg. I am Jake Shapiro. You can follow me on Twitter at Chapalicious. You can follow us on Twitter at BSN Buffs or visit us over on the website at bsndenver.com. I just have to say one thing. Someone last week texted me and said that they really liked the podcast and that we were running a really professional operation and I think we've let all of that go down the drain this week. Uh, so we're sorry, uh, dear friend, who we've <laughs> let down. Is uh, this my fault? You put me on here You put me on here full time for the first time and everything just goes immediately down. I still down. haven't <laughs> been able to wrap up this Please, podcast. just uh, press stop. Uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. <laughs> I saw that Utah just got a commit from a big dude, Salt Lake City Community College. We, we could do what uh, you and Bryce used to do, like like you guys did like favorite restaurant around Boulder, like favorite like burrito spot or whatever. Yeah, we can do something like that. Let's do something summer focused. I'm liking that. Or spring. Are we going to do Boulder or are we going to do Denver? Boulder. Best like picnic spot? No, no, no. That's summery. Chautauqua Park. I don't know. I'm more of a Boulder Creek guy. Oh, that is a terrible segment. Best uh, picnic. <laughs> um, you didn't answer the question though. Where is the best picnic spot? I would never have a fucking picnic. Yeah, I'm not. You're a, not romantic. I'm not a picnic guy. I'm not either, but I might be dating a gal who is a picnic girl. <laughs> nah, you, you gotta you, take no take it from, take it from me, bro. You gotta mold them into your territory. Yeah. See, like, but I I don't know if I don't know if Amy was a picnic guy, but I'm pretty pretty sure I made it pretty clear that I was gonna be taking her on a picnic. <laughs> like we might go for a, a hike and have a snack at the top. Yeah, but is that go. technically a picnic? Nah, picnic? man. I don't think so. Not not. So not you yet. need like a By blanket for a picnic. I have to have a red and white checkered I did good. to have a picnic. God, I love me. <laughs> I love you too. What'd you do? How bad was it? Uh, That's fun. So. I love everybody. <clears throat> okay. You ready? Yep. What is our first thing we're talking about? You're the one in charge of this. All right, spring football. Okay. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com. 
we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.